Welcome back to the podcast, Gabe Giannis. It is 8.30 in the morning here on the West Coast. I am fired up. I have my coffee in hand, my Yeti water in hand, and I'm already uh, workout deep, 30 minutes of cardio this morning on three different uh, apparatuses or, or, or tools. And uh, dude, I'm ready to run through a brick wall. So just want to say good morning. I know it's a little bit later there in Texas, um, but uh, yeah, let's rock and roll, man. It's a good day. It's a good day, man. It's a good day. Let's rock and roll. Dude, uh, the, the, the Josh Bridges podcast came out. Uh, no more dad bods. If you haven't gone back and listened to that episode, I thought it was an extremely great episode. Uh, Josh had a lot of good insight. And then obviously we just riffed a little bit on the CrossFit game. So if you haven't checked that out, make sure to check it out. I just got done listening, re-listening to it actually this morning. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. I got a question for you. So I was in, I was in the garage this morning. Yeah, go ahead. Really quick before we move on though, just because someone else mentioned something about, um, cause a podcast came out today about dad bods. Dude, I don't even like using that term. I don't even like saying it. Like, honestly, if it would have, it would have, if it would have come by me first, shout out Liz though, cause she's probably the one that picked this, this title. Um, I would have picked a different title. Like really? I, yes, a hundred percent. That's I so just, funny to me because she sent me over like five lists of titles to choose from. And I actually chose the dad one, bod one, but you don't like it. Let's so let it. me, what, what, dude, I gave you just because uh, well, figured over here. No. I, and it's not even that, like, I, I feel like it is one of those things that I feel so strongly about that, you know, just having this flippant term that honestly is like this, you know, excuse that downplays the fact that, you know, you should be trying and focusing to maintain your fitness. Once you become a dad, I think that even acknowledging it and using the term, I think is counterproductive. I think that I would rather spend all my time and energy just continuing to say, train hard, like never let your momentum get to zero as opposed to like this whole, like, you know, no more dad bod, so on and so forth. I know it seems like pretty minimal, but it's like one of those things that like, man, this, this thing just became such a, like, you know, it's almost like a, a, a running joke that I think is actually a pretty serious problem in that people aren't taking their fitness seriously enough. So that's just my little, are you like, it's almost, are you saying it's almost like a, because people are using the term so much, it's almost like glorifying like, oh, that guy's got a dad bod and almost like, like, uh, like it's not a big deal. Or are you saying that, you know, I'm, are you yeah, saying it, nor it, it, it normalizes it, right? It, it normalizes it. Like, yeah. yeah. It just makes a thing like, you know, dad bod's a thing. Cause then, you know, you can also see that like, oh, like some people like the dad bod or like the dad bod is okay. Or like, whatever, mm -hmm. like, I just don't want to talk about it. I want to spend zero time talking about dad bods and a hundred percent time talking about train hard and fitness and what we're doing. I think it's also like, you know, focusing on the positive aspect of it as opposed to like even acknowledging the negative. Um, but anyway, that's like my like personal rant on dad bods, obviously no, very I, I against them. No, um, I appreciate that insight. Cause I actually, um, I actually get inspired when you, when we refer to it, but it seems like you're taking it. So I, I understand your position. I actually like, I get it. I think for me, it's more like just raising awareness that like as a dad, like, it's not cool to have a dad bot. Like, that's not cool. It's it's not it's not beneficial for anyone to have a dad bot. It just isn't. Like, and, and what even is a dad? It's like a dad bot would be like, but here's, yeah. What, here's the thing too. Like, going back to episode one of the Jason Kalipa podcast with Matt Boudreau, which if you haven't listened to, highly recommend. Ooh, you know, one thing that he says that I really, really appreciate is like, words matter, right? Like, yeah. what you're saying matters. And if you're saying dad bod and everyone immediately thinks of this, like, you know, kind of soft, like you have a belly. Are we then acknowledging that the body of a dad should be soft and that's normal and so on and so forth? Cause it's not like you're saying uh, it's an out of shape dad bod. You're just saying that the body of a dad is something that doesn't necessarily look athletic, doesn't necessarily look super jacked. And I think that that is part of the issue, right? Like for me, like I'm a dad, you're a dad. Our bodies don't look like that. Like by definition, our bodies are dad bods, right? But they're not what we have come to acknowledge as a dad bod. So that's kind of oh, the issue that I take to it too. Yeah. It's like, you're essentially equating the fact that like, once you become a parent, it's okay to look a certain way. And I think that like, while I completely acknowledge the challenges that come 
with being a dad and maintaining your fitness, so on and so forth. We shouldn't be normalizing this fact that like, that's what it looks like once you're a dad, like you've gone to a season in your life now where you can let go a little bit. So dude, maybe, maybe you're onto something. Maybe this is like next level conversation. Maybe what it is, is that this is the new dad bod. The new dad bod is a fit guy. Like that is the dad. It bod. should be it hundred percent. Yeah. Oh man. You're hitting it. You're hitting it right now. Like this is, this is the moment. This is the is moment in time that people first. look back on 20 years from now and be like, remember when dad bod used to be all about like fluffy and out of shape and, you know, drinking a beer on the couch. Well, now the dad bod is like, everybody strives to have a dad bod because a dad bod is a jack dad who could keep up with their kids and get after it. That's look, dude. Look the part, act the part. Re redefining what dad bod is. That's our, that's our next, uh, maybe that's what the podcast title for this one should be. <laughs> Well, I think we'll talk about some other things in that, but yeah, that's, that's, that's my, my very strong position on dad bots. Okay. I, I, I could appreciate that. I mean, I didn't really think about it that way, but I, I agree. Um, so this morning I just, uh, thought I'd give you guys a glimpse into my training and kind of way I think. So a lot of the times, you know, Gabe's been doing, um, programming, uh, flex, which is great. And I get a lot of inspiration from that and do a lot of those workouts. But this morning I was in particular training with, uh, He's a world champion, uh, jujitsu jiu athlete. He has some big fights coming up and we're trying to get him prepared. And one of the things that I'm thinking about, again, just like a, in my mind, is I'm thinking, okay, what does he need? If you're stand-up and you're wrestling, I just got done wrestling with, uh, with Tim Kennedy out in, in Texas. And it was a good reminder that you need legs and you need uh, hand fighting. So a lot of hand fighting. And when you're hand fighting, it gets very, very tiring on your lats and on your pool. And so today... The way I stimulated the way my goal for today was to tire Mason out and then test him in his legs and in his hand fighting. So that was the intention. And for anybody who does jujitsu or whatnot, you can kind of see this. And even if you don't do jujitsu, it's still a good way. So we did 10 minutes on the skier, excuse me, 10 minutes on the bike, 10 minutes on the skier, 10 minutes running back to back to back. And the way, the reason why we did it that way is I wanted to blow up his legs, blow up his lats and his hands, and then blow up his legs. And it's a nice example of can for 30 minutes, can you go nonstop? And have the earned confidence that you have the leg stamina and the grip fighting to be able to keep going. And those are a tool in the many toolboxes. And then we finish it up with some other stuff. So just giving you guys a glimpse into kind of like what I'm thinking about from that perspective is, is not like being like, oh, this is like fitness for jujitsu. It's more just like, hey, when he's over, what are some things that I think could benefit his game? And in the meantime, like, dude, I'm down. I just want to throw down. Yeah, I feel like, you know, for you right now, and I think for a lot of people out there that like you're not training for something that is a part of your livelihood that you have to be very sport specific, which obviously you've done in the past competing for the CrossFit games, like you get the benefit off of the programming that you're specifically designing for him, for his sport by essentially just training with someone that pushes you and fires you up to get after it. Cause you could have done exactly the same thing, like what you just said in the garage by yourself. And it would have been a completely different experience and stimulus than just, just having Mason there, like literally just having another like body that is like getting after it, training hard. Like you feed off of that energy a hundred percent. Dude. I mean, I've had a great couple of days actually. So, um, again, on this podcast, and if you haven't joined our newsletter, you got to join the newsletter. I mean, dude, we're just, we're, we're just crushing the newsletter right now. I mean, we're getting such great feedback on that. I really I think we're doing something special there. So make sure you sign up for the newsletter. It's a link in the show notes. But, you know, last couple of days have been awesome, man. I, you know, it was, it was uh, September 11th. Um, I went to the gym for a 5 a.m. class because I wanted to make sure I got in uh, a September 11th um, memorial workout, tribute workout. And dude, the, the class vibes were awesome. We hit class capacity. It was great. Um, I actually had a bump up over in the other room, jumped on a flight, flew up to Texas, saw Mr. Gabe Yanez, trained all day with uh, Tim Kennedy got in some solid wrestling, some solid firearms training and some solid fitness and, and then flew back. Yeah, that was yesterday. And dude, it just, those are the kind of things that get me excited because I'm developing skills. I'm putting in the work and I'm surrounding myself with a lot of awesome people, whether it's in our gym or outside the gym. So that's what was going on with me the last couple of days. And then this morning got after with Mason. Dude, fun days, fun days talks about, you know, how the environment you're around really impacts your training, whether that's a class environment, whether that's, you know, getting together with absolute killers like Tim and Mason. So really cool. One note that I did want to share 
that I think is 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 worth sharing. I know we have like yeah. and you Veterans had from last up. week's episode too. You had something you held you held us off for dude. That's gonna be good. Hold okay. on for one second. All right. But um, just with Veterans Day coming up, and like you just mentioned, the 9-11 tribute workout. I saw something on Instagram the other day from um, you know, a, a, an acquaintance of mine, um, Rob, who's the owner currently of a CrossFit gym on Long Island. But I thought that this was just worth bringing up. And it was super simple. It was just adjusting a tribute workout doesn't make it any less of a tribute workout. And dude, it's just like, it's a reminder that like, can't be said enough, man. Like these workouts are special. They are right. Like they're, it's very cool to go into the gym on those days thinking like, you know, Hey, I'm going to go throw down with a bunch of people for, you know, the heroes of nine 11 for Michael Murphy for, you know, Veterans Day, like there, there's something really cool yeah, and Chad special. Thousand steps yeah. on Veterans Day, Whew. like there's something very special about this community that really likes, like you know, sharing in those experiences in honor of something. But I mean, and anyone that's out there that's a coach and probably an athlete, they'll probably raise their hand. For some reason, those are the workouts that people feel like they can't adjust. They can't scale down the weight. They can't scale down the volume. Like you can't, like for some reason it's less of a tribute or it's like, you know, you're like not doing the, 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 the special thing. If you're like yeah. finding the right workout for you that day. And that couldn't be further from the truth, right? Like there's nothing special about these workouts. I mean, there is something very special, but there's nothing that changes in terms of like, you have to approach that workout to be the best workout for you that day. Should it be a little bit more challenging than most days? Of course. And usually the way the workouts are written, it's going to be more challenging anyway. Usually right. they're a little bit longer. They're more of a grind. You're definitely going to get uncomfortable. But what that doesn't mean is that you should go heavier than you have any business going, doing more volume than you have any business doing. It just, it's, it's counterproductive to, and no one is going to say that you're like, you know, honoring whoever we're honoring less by just finding the best version of the workout that day. So just, I thought that was a worth, worth putting out there. Oh, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. So, you know, and I'll, I'll bring up something too. I, like I said, I went in for the 5 a.m. class and I wanted to get in before my flight to Texas. And I'm not used to training at a relatively high intensity at 5 a.m. Like for me, I am in the garage daily at 6 a.m. with Ava, but it's like, it's pretty casual. I have a very difficult time ramping myself up that early in the morning. It's, it's very hard for me. I don't know if I'm getting old or whatever. And so I, I, I got up at four because I want to make sure I like felt warm enough for the class. I go in for the 5 a.m. class and dude, it's it a longer workout. So we didn't warm up for that, that long. So it, it was like a 40 minute workout. And it started off with my back was already flared up. I just, anyways, it started off with like an eight minute row, you know, two, two K row. And, uh, my back was just like lit up and I had to immediately check the ego. Cause it went, it went two K row into deadlifts, pull-ups and box jumps into a run. And so I subbed out the deadlift for the bench press. And at the moment I was like, damn dude, like I'm not doing this workout the way it was designed, but I had to check my ego and step back and be like, Hey, my back is lit up. And if I do the deadlifts and then jump on a plane, I'm going to be messed up for a week or two. Like I got to, I got to know like, Hey, I'm coming in here to put in the work, but if I'm scaling this down to a bench press instead of deadlift, no one's going to care. And you know, what's funny, man. It's like, we finished the workout. We finished the, the tribute, you know, the, the event and we get done. And like, people don't even notice, like, I'm just like in the corner doing my thing. Like no one cares. Like you could be doing five reps. You could be doing 20 reps. You could be doing whatever. People are just there for their own workout. Like, I think we get in our own head. We think like, oh, these it's people the, are, you know, it's they're the watching. Zit. It's the zit example. We talked about this in the past. It's, it's the, the zit, zit example. example. Yes. No one cares about the zit on your face. Everyone's worried about their own fucking zit. Dude, <laughs> no one cares about this. Yeah. No one notices. No one knows it's there. But it's just so funny because I thought for sure, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm adjusting from, I'm adjusting from a deadlift to a bench press. I thought for sure people are going to be like, what is going on? Dude, no one cared. So yeah, that's a good, that's a good, uh, it's a good piece of advice for anybody getting ready for some of these, you know, tribute memorial workouts for sure. Yeah, that's right. You were going right, to, so you, were you going to ask you me about the, uh, oh, no, oh, go ahead. No, 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 no. I can, I can share some pretty exciting news with you. It's a, uh, it's been a, a, a long time coming and I've been keeping it like super low key. Cause I didn't know if it was something I was going to like stick to, but I mean, I'm so way past the point of no return and it's, it's been super fun. So anyone that's been listening to the podcast, remember like two of the most, I think 
definitely the most impactful books I've read this year, possibly the most impactful books I've read, like just in general, that really got me thinking about a bunch of things. One was Die With Zero. Remember we talked about that? Essentially the book that like, you know, really talks about this, you know, being very intentional with your money and like not waiting to spend on some of the like, you know, maybe crazy experiences or whatever thing you want to do because, you know, it it might just end up being too late. Right. And then the second one was 4,000 or was it 4,000 weeks? 4,000 days or something like that. No, 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 no. That's too, no, no, no. I think it was 4,000. That's the one that you check it off on your, on your wall, right? Yeah. That I still have. And I still check off every Sunday. So, and that one's just this whole idea of like, if you boil down the average life expectancy to weeks, it really puts into perspective the fact that like, Hey man, we got, we got one ride here, you know, and you're either making the best of every week or you're not. And the worst thing that can happen is you get to a point where you're like, man, I should have done that thing. So on that note, I'd read those two books and it's just, it's changed my perspective a lot. And that, and like becoming a dad, like you really start thinking about like, you know, am I making the most of every day, every week, every month, chasing my dreams, whatever, so on and so forth. I saw on Instagram a little while back. So I had always been like super, super passionate about aviation and planes, like, like in love with it from being like a kid. Yeah. And I, I don't saw know where that this is going, but I love it too. I, I, and I saw this, this local, it's a huge ranch, but it's really well known. They, um, they make the, the Wagyu, like Texas Wagyu beef they raise that like they've talked about on like Rogan's podcast. It's like really well known here in like the farming circles too. It's Peeler Farms. And they hosted what was called a fly-in, which is like, they, they, they have an airstrip on their ranch. That's how big it is. And they had anyone that had like, you know, small general aviation airplanes could fly into the ranch. And it's essentially just like a get together. Yeah. It's but like they a, just it's like call it show, all local but they planes. Do it with mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, do that many people like own and fly planes around here? It was like surprising. So I started looking into it. I was like, what would it entail to get my private pilot's license? To put an airship on your ranch. Let's go. Well, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to happen. But anyway, I looked into it expecting it to be like, no way that can happen and super expensive. Like no way I can afford it. Right. And the more I looked into it, the more I was like, right, this isn't that crazy. Like, is it an investment? A hundred percent. It's like is 300 it... hours, right? No, 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 no. So to get your private pilot's license, which means that you can fly like a small general aviation airplane, you can take passengers, you can never do it for money. So like you can't, no one can hire you to like fly them around. So that's like the most basic level. It's a minimum of 40 hours and most people get it done within like 50 or 60. Yeah. And then the next thing is there's a small regional airport with a flight school, like 25, 30 minutes from my house. Like nothing is 25 minutes, 30 minutes from my house. Like the grocery store is like, you know, 20 minutes from my house. Yeah. Well, we so the more I looked into base it out there, which kind of makes sense why they'd have a, you know, regional airport. Yeah. Yeah. So the more I looked into it, the more I was like, maybe this is something I can do, you know? And so the first thing you do is you book a discovery flight, which is you literally go up in, you know, the, the, the pilot seat with an instructor next to you, obviously, just to see if like, it's actually something you want to do. Or if you like get up in the air and you're like, hell no, I don't want to do this. Cause like, yeah. Cause dude, those these small planes, planes are different, bro. Dude, these I've planes that you learn in. Dude, it's a it's a tuna can with wings, bro, and a big engine like strapped to the front of it. It's 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 a different beast, but dude, I fell in love with it. It was amazing. The Were first you one the- where when you're sitting in the cockpit, because I was in one one time, like mm-hmm. a little 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 ass plane, and it, it was it was tilted, so the the wheels in the front, like you were kind of like the nose of it was up. Was it was that the way yours was when you took off? Like the nose. Yeah. Was up? So this is the exact plane. Oh God. So kind of, uh, not as small, not as small, probably as the one that, that, that you flew. This is a Cessna 172. So it's actually a four seater. It's not even a two seater. So yeah. it's not like, it's not like super, super small, but dude, it's, it's small. And they're like, small enough the one that, that I be careful about how much baggage you bring on. Right. How much luggage, yes. like the weight yeah. is a big factor. Weight is a, like, it would even be a big deal if like the instructor that you're with is significantly heavier than you. <laughs> like if you're 180 and like the instructor's like, pushing 300 you you're gonna feel some like weight balance issues. why would you want an sure. instructor who's pushing 300 i'd be afraid that guy's dude, gonna have a heart attack dude i have a story about that too but anyway we, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there um so anyway i, I booked this discovery flight which is you go up just to kind of see if you want to do 
I fell in love with it. And the cool thing is that like, so there's two ways to get your private pilot's license. You can like actually enroll in like a school with a program where, you know, you pay like full tuition and there's a syllabus and you like, you're committing to like, you know, whatever, flying three, four times a week and there's ground school and so on and so forth. And you do it kind of expedited. That's the way you do it if you want to do this for a career, because it's the first step. If you want to be a commercial pilot or a private pilot, whatever, this is still the first thing you have to do, period. Yeah. So you would go through a school, but there's, I forget the name of it, but there's another type of flight school, which is this one that you just, you just pay for lessons as you go. And you just book hours, right? It's like yeah, you just book hours. hours. So yeah. it's like, like you might be able to go four times a week. You might be able to go once a month. You just kind of like, you know, find time on your schedules and you chip away with an instructor. So I talked to Ariel about it because the other thing about this whole thing is we obviously just had a kid, right? Like, it's not like we have all this time for me to like pick up a new, like crazy hobby. Um, but a big part of it too was Learning getting on the skills, same page. Baby. I'm, I'm fired up right now. Dude, dude. Dude, I've it's been wanting so... to do this for my whole life. I've been, maybe not. Okay. That's an exaggeration, but so helicopter or airplane. Cause I know airplane, you've talked about I've, helicopter, dude. So I've wanted to fly. I, I just find that like, I want to done it. Have you done a discovery flight? No. So I All want right, to dude, next skills. time you're out here. Next time you're out here, we'll go out. So we'll Ashley go up because because like, dude, so Ashley kind of put the Bosch on it. Cause I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I want to be able to drive stick shift car. Obviously I want to be able to drive. I want to be able to drive. I want to be able to fly. Like, dude, I want to be like a, a yeah. Renaissance man. I want to be able to have these skills. And she's like, dude, it's too dangerous. I'm like, shit, it's not shut it's, it down. So I, I mean, I, airplanes going to have like a, a parachutes in the back, right? Yeah, the serious, yeah, so serious airplanes, which is funny. Like once you get into general aviation, there's like this running joke that, uh, well, it's funny that serious pilots and people that own those planes are like a little soft because, like, yeah, those planes are like super over the top. Like they're yeah. like the most expensive, expensive, but yeah, they actually have a parachute. So like, if anything were to go wrong, like the plane has a parachute, not like right. you have a parachute. Yeah. The plane has a parachute. Yeah. So those those do exist. They're hella expensive, but they do exist. So anyway, long story short, and then you can ask me whatever question you want. I'm probably at this point. So I actually started all the way back in April because like I said, I mean, it's not like I have a lot of time. Sometimes I don't even fly once a week. Usually I fly once a week on weekends and I've just been chipping away at it. Like an hour. Probably. Yeah. I mean, all said and done, it's like two hours because you'll do some ground. Then you'll go up in the air. Then you'll come back and like, you know, talk about the ground check is like 30 minutes by itself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the other thing is like, you know, talking about it, quote unquote, not being safe. Like I've read and watched videos of more like accidents than anyone ever probably would. But I find a lot of comfort in reading these things because it is always, 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 always like someone that was too loose with, you know, pre-flight stuff like the writing was on the wall. Like the biggest thing about if you're going to get into this stuff is like, there's no room for being lax with like checklists and maintenance and all that stuff. Like as long as you're doing all that stuff, you will, I mean, not 100%, but you will, there's nothing that's more dangerous than going out on the road and, you know, driving a car where everyone gets into trouble is ego. So a lot of people that are like, oh, that's not going to happen to me. Like, yeah, there's inclement weather, but like I can handle it. Or just like, ah, you know, I don't do the checklist anymore. Like kind of just do a quick walk around. If you are, and and the benefit that I have found to like reading all these stories and watching all these videos, is just like, dude, this isn't something that you can play games with at all. And if you're really good about that, I feel so comfortable um, even now that I'm like probably like 30 hours in. Um, going up there, there's been a bunch of times that we haven't gone up. And like, you know, that's kind of a big deal for me because I mean, I can only fly once a week. Like I'm going there, like we do the pre-flight, but there'll be something that like, yeah, you know, this thing's like a little loose or like, you know, this thing just doesn't feel right. Like we'll just call it. And, you know, we're not going to go up mechanical look at it. And most of the times, honestly, it's probably fine, but like, you know, it's just one of those things. It's good to be accustomed now of like, Hey man, like this can wait a hundred percent. Yeah. Well, the reason why I'm so engaged on this is because my, my buddy, Jaime, um, I think you know, Jaime, of course I know Jaime. Yeah. Jaime. So he chose to become like a real, like a pilot pilot, like not like a, like he wants to be like a commercial pilot. 
So he's been going through the process and he, so that's why very similar to you, right? Only he's been going through a little bit of a different track where his goal is to like fly commercially. And he flew down from my buddy's wedding last weekend or, uh, or he was going to fly down. And instead he took Southwest because he knew at night he was going to go to a wedding. He was going to drink a little bit, whatever. And he didn't want to have the responsibility of flying back the next day while being even remotely hung over. And I thought that was like super, um, just really responsible of him. And he said the same thing that you said. He's like, listen, Jason, 99.9999999999. It's user error. Like it's user error is the issue. And so you got to be, you know, all, all the pre-check, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, dude, I, I love the fact that you're learning that skill. I'm, I'm actually pretty jealous, to be honest. I really want to learn it. You know, when I, I, I want to learn it. I, I do want to have that skill set. I think it's important to know how to do that. I think, I think everybody well, should learn how to do that. You come to Texas enough, and now I have a really good relationship with the flight school here. So we could definitely go up, um, and it'd be super fun, man. It'd be super fun, dude. The one that the the one that, the one that so I've been in some small planes because, like, when we went to Africa, we took really small hopper planes, but they had to fit all of us. So they weren't like that that small. Ash and I were on an island in Seattle, like, dude, a super small island. And we had a choice to either take a ferry or take like a 20 minute uh, flight. So we chose to take a 20 minute flight or like, it was like super small flight. And bro, we sat this thing. This guy is like, oh man, I'm sitting next to the pilot. Ashley's right behind me. So there was just like these three or four seats. So it must've been four seater, but it's like straight up. So like when we were taking off, I was like looking at the, I was like looking at the sky. And then all of a sudden we started to level out and then we, boom, we took off. But it was, dude, it was badass, man. Cause you're like, you could feel everything, you know, like, oh, I'm excited for you, dude. That's awesome. Good for you, dude. It's, it's, it's been so fun, man. And it's, and it, so I recently, um, I think three weeks ago went up solo for the first time ever. So that's a big deal. No one that's else like, was there. No. So that's like your big milestone in training is like when you're, when you're okay to go up for your first solo and dude, it was, it was unreal, unreal to be up there like by yourself and like getting up there and like flying up there, that's fine. The the tricky part and the most nerve wracking part is landing. Um, yeah. But super smooth, man. Went great. And you know we can talk about this ad nauseum, but it's been, dude, it's been so humbling to be such a fucking beginner at something again. Like, yeah. dude, the first time that like when we were actually like taking, like I started taking like not the discovery flight, but like we started our training. And we came back to land the plane and he's like, you know, so there's a control on like your side and the instructor side and they, they mirror each other. Right. But he has the controls obviously when you're beginning and he's like, yeah, you know, you can just shadow me, like put your hands on the control so you can see what I'm doing. And dude, I vividly remember, I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do this. Like, I can't, I can't fathom the, like, this is insane. And he's like explaining to me what he's thinking about as we're landing the plane. Like, it's all right. Like, you know, we made the runway power idle. Like you pull back as soon as the plane starts dipping, you pull back again, like, pull back nice and smooth. And he lands it perfectly. And I remember I was like, dude, I, I can't imagine ever getting this. Like, this seems insane. And the radio calls, dude, equally as hard as learning how to like fly a plane like talking is like, dude, is learning how to like talk to towers. And there's something so intimidating about like getting something wrong or being that guy, because also on the radio, like everyone in the airport can hear you, right? Because everyone can hear you. Like, it's not like you're one way talking to the tower. You're essentially reporting. So everyone knows what's going on. And dude, like my biggest fear, and it hasn't happened yet, was like completely like sounding like a yeah. fucking loser on the yeah, radio this is a uh, you know a 103 uh oh, like dude. landing on uh, southbound whatever but you know it's a really good example of remember when i when i went to the um the leadership event for echelon front and how radio talk becomes so important like like changing your perspective to think about what other people are thinking about like if you just said hey tower i'm landing be like bro like what no, yeah that's like, not gonna play <laughs> no it's like hey tower i'm landing on da, 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 and being like super clear super concise in what you're saying like dude like the thing about you learning this skill which i'm super impressed and proud of is like there is no margin of error like there is zero like it's not even like remotely like when you learn a new skill like jujitsu or CrossFit or whatever it might be, there might be a little margin of error. Like, hey, you might make a mistake here and there, but you're a beginner. It's fine. But when you're learning how to fly a plane, 
there's nothing, there's none of that. Like, and so you have to really trust in your instructors. You have to really trust in the fact that you're picking up the information and building that confidence every single time. And like, you know, what's, you know, what's even more impressive to me is that we talk about this idea of like Malcolm Gladwell in 10,000 hours become an expert at something, right? Let's just say, and you've spent a lot of time developing skills in a bunch of different things. But think about this in jujitsu, you could go from a beginner and know nothing to being, you know, relatively, you know, adequate, let's just say in like a year, you can kind of like learn the ropes. Think about flying though. You could go from not knowing anything, like literally getting in the plane and just being like, I know, like if, if this guy had an issue right now, I would not be able to, to land this plane. Like you, like what, right? 30 hours later, you're able to go up there by yourself and do it. And I just think that that's so cool that you could spend 30 hours of your life. Let's just say 50 hours of your life and have a new skill that's better than 99.9% .9 of the rest of the world. Like that's cool. You know what I mean? Like Dude, it's, it's for so many reasons. Estimate. It's been, it's been, it's been such a cool um, experience. The, the one thing that I will clarify though, is like, you have to remember that those are 30 hours of like engine on time. Yeah. Right. Like that counts as your flight time. Like that doesn't count any of the ground, any of like, you know, the rabbit holes that I'm going on late at night, watching every video I can possibly call it, watch about this stuff. Call it, call it 200 hours, which is no. Six. Yeah. 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 But same point, but, um, I definitely don't want people to think that like, you know, you're able to land a plane after 30 hours and they're like, yeah, 30 hours, four hours a day for like, you know, a couple of weeks, like all good. Yeah, no, right. no, no, no. It doesn't really work like that. But, it, but I, I guess the point I was trying to make with that is that I think sometimes including myself, we put new skills on a pedestal. We, 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 oh, yeah. it's like unachievable, but all of a sudden when you dedicate yourself to it, you could go from having zero baseline knowledge to being relatively proficient in terms of like the rest of the world. In not 100%. that long of time, you just have to dedicate yourself to it. A hundred percent. And and actually my my boy Hermosi says this all the time. It's like, you know, it takes an average, I forget the number, but it, exactly your point. Because he says it takes an average of like 20 hours to be proficient at something. The problem is people wait 10 years to start the first four hours of work. Yeah. You know, so they put it on a pedestal of it's going to take so long to insert skill here that they just never start. And the thing is like, once you start, you can acquire it like relatively quickly, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, but Hey, I want to give a huge shout out to, I, I mean, chances of him catching this are s slim to none. Peter Atia, you know, he's been, I, I, I feel like, you know, you, you make fun of me now because I bring up Hermosi all the time, but I feel like the way I've approached some of these people that like, I listen Huberman to you, Huberman says, Huberman says at, yeah, yeah. at 40 degrees. Um, by the way, I jumped in the Tim's plunge, which was cold, but go ahead. Very cold. Very cold. Was, but what know, I was going to say is I want to get back I, to the plunge, but go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Like I've, I've gone through these seasons where like I obsess about a single person and I consume all of their content sometimes like two or three times over and be careful. You, uh, you have a guy, no, but seriously, I think that there's, <laughs> I think that there's a lot of value to, instead of like, I'm going to read all these books, listen to all these podcasts, like going and spending, you know, this maybe two years ago, I was like, all of Gary Vee's content. Then oh, it was yeah. like all of Peter Atia's content. And I think that there's a lot of value, at least this has worked really well for me, of trying to like really get all the lessons that you can from one person and then not move on that you don't listen to them anymore, but like move on because that there's someone else that knows something else that you can learn something else from, but not being like very superficial with everyone. But anyway, shout out Peter Atia because it was his like three most recommended books, two of those, Die With Zero and 4,000 Weeks, were maybe the most impactful books that I've ever read. And I think that it really led to me making this decision that I think at the time was like, man, like, do I have the time? Like, do I have the money? Um, and like, it's been one of the best decisions I've made. And it's really cool to think of like, you know, from like a family, you know, perspective and why Ariel is like fully bought into me doing this is because we want to go on amazing adventures, you know, and like, imagine all the possibilities this opens up of like, yeah, we're just going to pack the family into an airplane and go to X. Especially um, being in Texas, dude, like, cause a lot of those short range airplanes, they go maybe about, I don't know, what do they go? They go about three, three hours, right? About. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you can definitely like do longer trips and just refuel as you go. And that's what course. a lot of people do. Um, but man, there are some like really cool places that you can kind of only get in one of these airplanes right. and like, you know, you like camp under the plane and stuff. So anyway, we're very, very long, long ways away from that, but that's kind of the dream. And, um, it's cool to think about 
And the whole process has been so much fun that it's cool to have something that like the end goal is so exciting, but also like the process is almost equally as fun as exciting as the end goal. Hey man, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's important for anyone listens to this podcast, joins the newsletter, like trying to talk about it, try and walk the walk, try and try and just share what's happening in our lives and, and don't ever, um, over, I, I guess the thing is like, I want to be one of those guys where if you meet me in person, if you engage with me on like on a real level, you'd be like, dude, that's exactly the guy that I get when I'm listening to him or I'm looking at his newsletters. It's not, there's no, like, there's nothing fake here, right? It's just, we want to learn new skills. We want to acquire new things and we want to just test ourselves. And I think that this is a great example for you, right? Like I'm doing other things, but as far as I'm concerned, you know, talking about growth mindset, learning new skills, um, getting a little bit uncomfortable and having this vision of success for your family. Like this is a great example for you of what that is. And you're going out there and you're achieving it. I think that's awesome, man. Like I know for me, I came home from what was it yesterday? And so by the way, okay, I got to ask you this. I'm going to, I'm going to bring this up. So we, we, we wrestled, we, we did firearms, which we did some, dude, we did some hard drills. That was fun. Then we did the little bit, you know, fitness filming. And then I, I jump in the plunge. Now Tim's plunge was at like 40 degrees or whatever it was, and maybe 44. Cause it was, it was, it's in Texas and it's outdoors. You can only get it so cold, but, uh, I get in and dude, it was, it was cold for me. Right. And he's sitting there. So I'm trying to be a wimp, you know, I'm like, I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go, you know, whatever. And so he dunked in. So I dunked in, then he like regulated his hands in and out the whole time. And he went down to like his, his ears and bro, I was like, shoulder width. And then he kind of like pushed me slash talk crap slash got me to like where my neck was in. <laughs> Dude, when my neck went in, I like literally felt pain back there. Have you gotten your, like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, like up to your hairline, yeah, yeah. it actually hurt. Um, I don't know if that happens to you, but, uh, that was my cold plunge experience with, uh, with Tim Kennedy. Uh, he basically pushed me in. Uh, I had no other choice, but to just kind of get it done and then move on. Yeah, I can imagine anything with Tim Kennedy is like an elevated version of it. Um, I can't think off the top of my head how deep I go. Um, I don't think the back of my neck goes in. I can try it next time. Really? But um, what I do, what I do know that he said that it's very true is like hands, like just getting hands in is a game changer. What I usually do because I go in for three minutes is the last minute hands go in. So I do two minutes hands out and then like almost to make the last minute harder, I go hands in. Um, yeah, but he, he's a, he's Ava a does it, Ava does that exact same thing, by the way. Nice. What you just said, only at yeah, a yeah. temperature than you. Sure, oh, sure. Tim, yeah, Tim is, dude. Dude, he's a madman. He was explaining, he was like, yeah, like I go in all the way, which I, you know, that you should definitely be doing. But then he's like moving around the whole time because if you don't move around, like you create a little thermal seal and it does make it a little easier. Bro, I was trying to make the most thermal seal I could possibly get I there. I was like, stay as still as possible. Do not move. <laughs> I'm trying to maximize my thermals. I'm trying to maximize my thermal. Um, oh, dude, that's good. Yeah, but that was, anyways, that was a good day of training. I wanted to bring up something. Um, I'm actually rocking my, this is my Yeti, uh, like, like sun shirt, you know? Um, I which, which I actually trained in this morning and, uh, from a Yeti, you know, we do these Yeti question of the days. And if you're, if you're on the newsletter, make sure you guys, you know, hit us up on the newsletter. It's a great way to engage with us. But one of the things that came up, which I thought was cool for the Yeti Yeti question of the day is what is the most impactful form of cardio? What do you think? So I just ordered in a Versa climber to the, to the house. Oh, no way. Yes. So oh, I've dude. never really used one extensively. So I'm looking forward to sharing my insight on the Versa climber. Oh, oh man. I've never been on one. What I have heard, um, being a, 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 a swimmer, cause I swam all my life is, is that it's the closest thing you can get to swimming in that. Like you're also getting that kind of like lat upper body engagement is what I've heard, but I've never tried it. So here's the Yeti question of the day. What is the hardest form of cardio? Well, it's a tough question because hardest is, you know, obviously subjective and like, you know, what does that really mean? Cause it could be biking. If you're doing a crazy incline, it could be running if you're running sprints. Um, so I guess it's, it's a tough question to answer. It could be running also if you're like doing it on a true form versus doing it on the road 
or doing it on a, you know, actual power treadmill. Okay. Let me rephrase the question. What's the hardest form of cardio? Stair climber, runner, bike, skier, assault type bike, right? What, what do you think? What, like, uh, what's the one I just said? Uh, Versa climber? Where Versa you, climber? Yeah. Where would you, I, where would you rank them? Man. I mean, just at the, off the top of my head right now, like the stair climber is brutal, like brutal. period. Stair brutal. climber is brutal because yes, it's a cardio machine, but you're also like, your legs are working. You are pumping. Um, stair climber backpack on. I had never done it before until, uh, uh South Rizella brought it up. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, that sounds pretty terrible. Um, I haven't been on a Versa climber. I think assault bike, echo bike, like both really, really tough, but like, you can also coast on those. The thing with the stair climber is like, even if you put it at its like slowest setting, like, you know, you do that for like 20, 30 minutes. Like there's nothing easy about that. You can definitely sit up on an assault bike or an echo bike and slow pedal for 20, 30 minutes. And it's not that bad. Okay. I'll reframe the question one more time. If you're going hard and you're like hitting <laughs> sprints, let's just say you're hitting sprints. What's okay. the hardest one? Like all out on this, all out on the skier, all out on the uh, echo bike, all out on the C2 bike, all out on the, you know, uh, uh, assault runner, all out on the um, stair machine thing. Assault or echo bike. Really? I think so. Cause it's both like it's, it's full body and like the resistance is never to a point. Like you should be able to sprint no matter what. Yeah. I think, I think for me, and maybe I'm just like super biased this morning because we just got done on it. I think it's the runner. It's because you have all of your weight on you. You're not taking off any of the weight to be on a seat. Like it's all your weight. And so it's just like, there's nothing, there's nothing to give. Like, you know what I mean? You're not giving in. It's like the equivalent on the stair machine, bro. There's a night and day difference. I used to train all the time on these things between putting your hands on the sides and not night and day. hundred percent. So I, I'm going to go with runner. Sounds like you're going with the echo bike. I, I think, I think both are good. Yeah. Yeah. But again, super relative, super, super relative. Yeah. Anyways, the, the, I had, I had that question come through. Um, that was actually coming through Instagram. I thought I would just bring it up. So, um, well, Gabe, we got a big day today. We got coach like a pro coming up. Um, we have some great episodes. We depend when this releases, we had, uh, Josh Bridges. We have rich Froning on, on the show. Um, we got, uh, uh, Jacob Hepner on the show. Uh, we're going to talk all things tactical games, which I'm fired up about. Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm just, because you're going to sign up and, and train for one, right? That's uh, word on the street. So here's the word on the street. Okay. Uh, the current owner of tactical games, his name's Nick. And uh, we were training the other day. I caught the bug. I'm not going to lie. I caught the bug. I did. I, I caught the bug of, I think what sold me, and I'm going to have this video forever. Actually, Gabe took it. You shot this target, ran, shot the other target, ran, shot the other target back and forth for like 12 rounds, whatever it was. And um, I think what sold me was that I performed pretty well without much training. And it's blending something I love, which is like fitness and CrossFit with like, how well can you regulate your, your heart rate? How well can you get on target? Like essentially we're trying to combine all these 10 general physical skills, but the accuracy component was missing from the CrossFit games in some cases. Yeah, you got a wall ball, but that's kind of like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of iffy. But dude, trying to shoot a target when you're under, you know, under fatigue is tough. So yes, I am committing to a tactical games. I don't know which one. I don't know when, but I am committing to that. Which I'm I think excited. you're also, I think you're also selling yourself short again a, a, a little bit because I was there and it was impressive to see you take on what they were coaching you on and like literally like, First time you did it, it was like, oh, okay. Like he hasn't done this before. Second time you did it, it was like, oh, okay. Like maybe he has done this before. And then by the end you were like, you know, it, it looked, it didn't look significantly different than the guys that like own the tactical games and literally do this. Right. Like, sure. They were still a little faster than you, but like looking side by side to the layman, like it looked like, oh, like he's just you guys are all in the same category. Now, obviously it's a sport where like it comes down to milliseconds. So they're on another level, but I think that it does speak to like, like to me looking at it, you didn't look that, it didn't look off. And it was interesting to watch the progression of that because in the beginning, like it was definitely evident that like, okay, this is, you know, not your first time shooting, but it was definitely 
one of your first times like doing that type of like running combined with shooting. And by the end of it, and we weren't there for long, we were there for like an hour and a half, two hours. It looked like vastly, vastly different. Yeah, no, I think that's a testament to CrossFit, right? Is like you spend all this time developing skills and then watching how those skills that you've spent so much time in the gym training translate outside the gym. It's really powerful, man. And like, but dude, the, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, here's the biggest testament to fitness. And like, I, I don't know if you thought about it in this level, but like the last I couple of weeks, I we've been it. on the road, bro. We've been on the road the last couple of weeks. No, but just, but just that day, like just that day, right? Like just that day, the fact that like you did a wrestling jujitsu class in the morning with Tim Kennedy and a bunch of like fucking killers in Austin, then you went to the range and did not just shotguns, but like literally like some high intensity training combined with that. Then you went straight to Tim's garage and got after a workout. Like the, the fact that you're able to, that's just another day for you is built on this foundation of how seriously you take your fitness, your nutrition and everything to set you up to do those things. Right? Like most people you know, whether they're able to perform even one of those three is kind of up in the air. Right. But to like, be able to do, do a day like that and not be like, you know, out of commission for the next week, I think goes to speak to exactly what your goal is with fitness, which is, you know, you want to be able to spend one day in Austin and make the most of it by doing all the things that you love to do. And you can, like, you absolutely can. And it wasn't even like you digging super deep. Like, I know you're a little tired, by that last workout that you did. And, and, you know, you maybe didn't pick a workout you would have, if it was the only thing you were doing that day, but you were still able to get after it. You had fun and we captured some badass content right after, you know, so you were like still plenty functioning and aware in there. And I think that that to me is the biggest testament of like why it's important to take your fitness as seriously as you can, because you enjoy doing all these things. And you were at no point in that day limited to how you can make the most of the things you enjoy because you're so fucking fit period. And that's the goal. That's what we want. Dude, that's the, that's the, um, dad by 2.0, right? That's right. It, <laughs> that's who we, well, we got to come up with a better term than that, but that's what yeah. we started talking about, right? Like that's, that is, that should be the standard and, and you should be able to go do things you want to go do right. And wake up in the morning and still feel fine. And dude, and, and tying it back to like what, what I talked about this episode, like I'll give you an example this past Sunday, was the first cross-country flight we were going to do with my instructor. So now that we're doing cross-country just means over 50 nautical miles. I know it sounds like you're going like, it sounds like you're going like California to New York. So cross-country is just a term for any flight that you go from one airport to another that's over 50 nautical miles, which is, you know, like 35, 40 minutes if you have good wind. So it's not terribly far, but that's what constitutes cross-country miles. So it was going to be our first one. And the thing that we're learning and doing that is how to like, plan out a flight like that with 15 mile checkpoints using a map and like calculating, like how long is it going to get there? How much fuel are you going to need? Dude, the part that we're at in flight training now is like mostly math, which is probably the least enjoyable part. But anyway, we're going through it. But the reason I brought that up is like my last Sunday looked like this. I had to wake up at probably four 30 in the morning because the way that I'm able to get these flight lessons done without it being like, you know, getting away from Ariel and the kid for an extended period of time, because I don't want to do that either, is I'm the first lesson of the day. So I get there at seven and the lesson's over by nine or nine 30. I'm back home by 10. And it's like, you know, not a big deal. All good. We have the whole day ahead of us. So I'm waking up at four 30 because I can't make the flight plan until the morning of up at four 30. Um, you know, scratching out this flight plan based on like what I learned, I'm like Googling the things that I forgot, so on and so forth. I'm going, taking my flight lesson, coming back, testing flex workouts, you know, we're done with that. Then we have the whole day with Shay. So we're going out, we're doing all these things. And I know it's not as extreme an example as like the day you had in Austin, but I can do all that stuff. And I, at no point in the day, am I like, oh, like I'm so beat up. Like I can't keep up and keep doing these things. And it's also all things that I enjoy, but the reason that I'm able to do all that is because I fucking take care of myself, you know, and it lets me do these flight lessons super early and lets me come back and work out with my wife. Cause we're super into our training right now. And it lets me then spend the entire rest of the day with my kid and never feel for a second that like, man, like I need to sit down or I need to take a nap or whatever. Like, it's just, it's par for the course, full fucking day, full of energy, did all the things I love ready for Monday. And 
I never want to get to a point where I can't do that. Dude. Hell yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. And everybody listening should be agreeing with you. Now, here's the thing. I think everybody just nods their head like, yeah, dude, let's go. Uh, I'm on my way to the gym right now. There's probably people listening to this podcast right now. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're on your way to the gym, like shout out to you. If you're on the bike and you're listening to this, shout out again. And if you're not going to the gym, well then, hey, go out for a walk, go do something, go get some type of movement in because it's, 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 it's our, it's our bigger why, right? It's the bigger why. Like you, I'm never, I want to, you know, my goal is to develop skills, do all these different things so that if it's ever called upon, I'm, I'm ready to rock. And I think sometimes I think about that more in like the extreme cases, like, you know, whatever, but I think it's also called upon on a daily basis. We just don't even realize it because it's just built into our daily habits. Like it, your fitness is called upon. If you are doing all this stuff during the day, you get home, your kid wants to go do something like your fitness is being called on. And we want to make sure that we're ready for that. So, man, well, dude, I'm, I'm fired up. If you are not joining our newsletter and if you have not rated and reviewed this podcast, simple ask, right? Leave us a rating, leave us a review, share these episodes online. Definitely helps us, definitely helps the podcast. And we want to see this thing grow, man. We want to, we want to level up uh, moms and dads all over the world. We just want to keep us getting fitter and uh, just being better versions of ourselves. So make sure you're joining those things. Make sure you're giving us a shout out online. We'd really appreciate it. Any closing remarks there, Gabe? No, man. I know, I know you just said exactly this, but you know, sometimes I listen to podcasts too and they're like, you know, share, give us a review and whatever. And I'm like, man, like I, I really will, but then I don't. You don't. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I would just call again, like we're having so much fun with these conversations and, and like really prepping for them, taking them seriously and hopefully sharing, not just like, tactical advice that you can follow, but hopefully, you know, a little bit of inspiration to get you moving in the right, right direction. You know, I'm trying to think about this as like conversations that I wish I would have listened to, you know, two, three, four years ago to start doing some of the things that I'm doing now a little bit sooner. So like Jason said, I think if there's one thing, if you can just share this podcast, if this week, that's the only thing you do, like, don't worry about the newsletter. Don't worry about a rating. Don't worry about a review. If you know one person that would appreciate these conversations, just send it to them in text message. It would go a long, long way. That's it. One thing, just share this episode, share the podcast with one friend. I'd appreciate it. All right. Well, keep getting after it. Keep training hard. And we'll see you again next week for another episode. Let's go. Let's go.